Hello and welcome. I'm excited to get started today and see what story we have. It's been a whole week since somebody has scared me. So yeah, well, thanks listeners for being here. I don't really have any preamble for this one. This one is on creepypasta. Um, I don't know how famous it is because it's actually pretty new to me. Um, I did verify that it's okay for me to read this to you guys and it's not infringing on any copyrights or intellectual property. Smart. Good. I'm just real quick. Can I tell you a story? Quick. Sure. It's happened to me at the gym, so it has nothing to do with this. Oh, okay. Yes, let's hear it. I love random. Okay, so randomly I went to the gym and I bring my own barbell because the little gym that I go to doesn't have one, but it has plates. So I took the plates and I put it on my barbell and I'm on a bench and I'm doing my presses or whatever. And I put it down in front of me to take a rest break between sets. And this dude comes over and he just took it. He tried to walk off with it. And I was like, um, bro, that's mine. And he's like, well, you can't lift heavy anyway. And I was like, I'm so sorry, but that's still mine. And he's like, well, you're resting. And I was like, I think you're a misunderstanding. I own that. It is my property. I am not going to share with you. Put it down now, you rude person. I didn't say that last part. I didn't even say it in that tone. But anyway, so he like put it down and he called me a bee and walked off. Wow. Yeah. He was like, way to be a bitch about it. And like walked off. And it really upset me. So now I'm getting pink things, like a pink cushion. And I just tied pink ribbons on it. I don't know. Put (laughs) stickers on it. Right? I need to go get stickers. I need girly, cutesy, like maybe sushi stickers or something. Oh my gosh, sushi stickers would be so cute. Yeah, I want to fight his toxic masculinity with my with my over-the-top femininity i don't know it made me mad like i'm i know that i don't look like a builder but like honestly like i don't think he had a right to judge you or tell you whether or not you deserved to be using the equipment like if you just even just saying like that's mine you're clearly using it right well i was clearly using it like i don't walk away from it it was at my feet when he came and took it but like i think my thing is yeah i only started lifting like six months ago so no i don't lift as heavy as some people i get it but i was still lifting 45 pounds on my already 25 pound barbell that's heavy for me so i lift potato chips to my mouth man i Um, want potato chips but like honestly i feel like sharing is caring i get that but during covid uh, no touchy, my friend. I will let you know when I'm done with it, and it will involve me spraying the object with yes. or alcohol cleaning substance of some kind. Yeah, I clean all of the machines or, you know. So uh, I don't care if I'm using it. Like, I don't care if it doesn't personally belong to me, and I don't care if I'm in a resting state, like, between my reps or my sets. Like, no touchy. No touchy. Yeah. It was frustrating. Anyway, that's what happened. So that's my tangent story. But Very let's exciting story. I know, right? Okay. Thank you. That felt really validating. Thanks yeah, for listening. Was, and he had no right to call you a bee because honestly, like, I know you you made that sound like you were coming across as sharp and stuff, but I've seen how you interact with people. And I know you said it way kinder to him. And he had yeah. no right to be mean to you. I do have a problem with being like assertive. Yeah. In public. Like you always come across like you're super assertive. You're like, and I told him. And I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> okay. Well, in my head, I told him and it sounded good. Yeah. So. Well, it did anyway. sound good when you, when you shared what was in your head with us. Yes. But it made me, yeah, I didn't call him bro, but I should have called him bro. So that's what happened. I cannot wait to be scared by the story. So okay. let's dive into it. Okay. Um, though, honestly, 
I think ribbons might be a bad idea. I don't want you to like trip and hurt yourself at the gym. Oh, they wouldn't be long ribbons. I was thinking like like bows. I don't know. I stick with stickers. Can't hurt okay. yourself. Stickers stuff. sound good. Yeah, I'll put stickers on them. I have to go okay. today. So. so today's story is called La Bruja. For those of you who don't know what a bruja is, it's she's basically a witch. I totally know what a bruja is. I've been called that before. Oh, cool. I've um, also been called the other one that means um, the B word. <laughs> yes. I have been called a bruja as well. Not very nicely, but I think it's cool because it sounds pretty. So I guess if you're going to insult me, insult me in another language so it sounds pretty. Right? Like so, a nice romantic here's, language. Here's my disclaimer. There is Spanish in this. I am not great at Spanish. So I want to apologize in advance for butchering somebody else's language. I'm so sorry. I'm going to do my best, though. And this is a great story. I'm excited. All right. I'm turning my mic off. It's all you. Yeah. As well. So, listener, if you decide that you can't stand how I'm reading this story because I'm butchering it, just go to Creepypasta and read it because it's worth the read. Okay. It's written by Derek Hawk. All right. Jumping. Diving in. God damn it, not again, screamed Ricky after opening the much-anticipated email. Pinhe pendejo, he said even louder. Okay, I totally thought at the beginning that you were yelling at me, and I was like, what did I do? (laughs) No, that's the story. It starts out strong. (laughs) Got it. All right, it was a little disarming, but anyway, go ahead. Hijo de tu puta madre. He picked up his expansive mouse and threw it against the wall. Beje mi culo puto. He slammed his fists down, shattering the tricked-out, top-of-the-line gaming keyboard. Ricky continued to stare at the message, the words mocking him from his computer screen. The message was topped with a large header and white font that stood in contrast to the black background. Right there, the two hated words that said, Story deletion. Ricky is all too familiar with these words. In fact, he should be able to recite the entire message from memory by now. Story deletion. Your story has been deleted because it doesn't meet the wiki's quality standards. If you feel that it did meet the standards, please state your case on deletion appeal. Make sure you follow the instructions to the letter there or your appeal will be automatically denied. Do not attempt to re-upload your pasta. If you upload it again, you'll receive a one-day ban from editing as per the rules. Ricky loves scary stories. He came from a culture rich in the history of the supernatural and macabre. The only thing he loves more than scary stories is writing scary stories. Sadly, there is one problem. How do I put this? Well, the truth of the matter is, our friend Ricky here is, for lack of better words, a shitty writer. There is zero talent in this poor boy's head. And the same can be said about his imagination, too. His characters have no substance. His grammar is atrocious. His plot developments are non-existent. And his word choices are, might I say, infantile? In fact, I would go so far as to say I've seen pigeon shit out more interesting narratives than this kid. But I digress. What is truly sad about this whole ordeal is that Ricky truly believes his stories are good. No, he thinks they are great. The dark and sinister entities that inhabit worlds he creates are far superior to anything seen in a movie or found on the internet, or so he believes. His dark tales are capable of tapping into the primordial pools of terror buried deep within our subconscious minds. That's what he expects his readers to find from every one of his works, whereas you and I would see it for what it is, a juvenile, uninspired, boring 
piece of shit. That is harsh. I am literally all about constructive feedback. I tell people at work and through my podcasting, if you have constructive feedback, I'm more than happy to listen to it. But that was not constructive. That was no. just very feedbacky. Dude, I would cry if somebody read my work and then said something about that. Because that's your biggest fear, you know, that mm-hmm. you're, you pour your soul into something and then somebody tells you it's trite or it's not good enough. And I've been yeah, in some writing groups that, that were not kind. Yeah, and he didn't even just say that. He just said that it was com- a complete piece of shit. <laughs> that would hurt my feelings bad. I feel bad for him now. You know, I feel bad for Ricky. Though he should not be smashing his computer against the wall. That that is I was going to say, like... I don't know who can afford to do that. Yeah, not me. I can't afford to do that. I definitely cannot. I have to like preciously guard all of my electronics because if it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, there's no replacing it. So yeah. to smash his keyboard, it's like, oh, well, go sharpen a pencil, kid. Yeah, because I guess you're using notebooks now. Wait, did he smash his mouse or his keyboard? He smashed his mouse and then he smashed his keyboard. So he can't even like, oh my gosh, no. Just throw the computer away at that point. (laughs) No, (laughs) don't throw it. No, 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 no. (laughs) Go to Goodwill and get a basic one. That basic keyboard and a basic mouse that nobody cares about. That's wired. You know, instead of the nice fancy wireless stuff that we surround ourselves with, go retro. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have nice wireless stuff. I am retro. I'm like broke retro. A friend of mine calls that coupon bougie. Mm, I am coupon bougie. Yeah, I guess that's nicer than trash classy, but. No, I like coupon bougie. All right, that's me. Let's get back into it. Some have even gone as far as to say that his stories are so bad Looking at the words for too long will give you pink eye. One boy claimed, after being forced to listen from beginning to end, Ricky's story gave him an ear infection. Whether any of that is true or not, it is a well-known fact that once you finish reading a story authored by Ricky, you are actually more stupid than you were before you started reading. Brain cells literally drop dead in the middle of whatever brain cells do in their brain cell lives. And believe me, it's not just a few, but a lot of them. So it's like SpongeBob. Never watched SpongeBob. No, there's like actual studies at Cambridge University that studied viewers. I guess your brain cells don't die, but they don't act at all. They're not lighting up. So your brain shows no activity when you're watching SpongeBob. So if you're looking for like real veg time or you really want good rest you watch spongebob i guess because you even have brain activity when you're sleeping because you're dreaming yeah there's like no mental engagement for spongebob so you're more rested in watching spongebob than in sleeping everybody's gonna hate me because i just said that but it's the truth i don't care moving on alas ricky will not hear it He doesn't like rejection, and he already has it in his head that they are not even reading his stories. He's convinced that they don't even bother to give him the time of day and automatically delete them. The tantrum builds, and his cheeks turn red as he screams out loud, Why would they not listen to me? They never give me a chance. He knows this to be true, especially in consideration of how they treat him and what they say about his stories. He angrily reads the comments, bad grammar and punctuation, but I'm new to this site. Can't you just tell me what to fix or fix it yourself? Misspelled words. It's the way my character speaks, poorly written and awkward sentences. English isn't my first language, so give me a chance. The story is not creepy. What do you mean it's not creepy? There's a fucking witch in the story. How's that not scary? Sorry, I really don't think we should say the F word, but it's in here. Don't worry. I know it's in there and you have to like 
Also said, integrity. Hey, English isn't your first language. Why don't you write it in your first I language? I was gonna say that because he would obviously have an audience. Like it's not like everybody in the world speaks English, obviously. Because, yeah. you know, there's like 194 other countries. The World Wide Web, not the American Web. Yeah, so like he could just write his stories in Spanish. I was I literally going to say the same thing. Yeah, and same then blame. ask somebody to translate it for you. Exactly. You see, Ricky is a spoiled kid from a well-to-do family. Never has he had to go without. Never have his demands not been met. Never has his ungrateful heart ever been denied a single thing it wanted. There was nothing he could not have in his pampered life. However, with such a luxurious lifestyle, he has also never had to dream or aspire for greater things. Despite its value, all the objects of his desire were carelessly tossed to the side or forgotten when interest was lost. They meant nothing to him. Well, that'll change tonight. That is why I have been sent. That is my charge from Miladama. Tonight, I will reveal to him the stories of his people and where he comes from. I bring knowledge under cover of night. With his last breath, he will learn this final lesson. Thou shalt not suffer the cries of a spoiled child. And who am I? Well, let's just say that I am someone who is familiar with matters such as these. So when the boy lays his head upon his pillow and closes his eyes to sleep, he will be unaware of the small leather pouch tucked ever so carefully beneath him. It will call out to her. It will summon her. And she will come. She will drink, even though her thirst for revenge can never be quenched. She will feed her hate, though its hunger can never be satisfied. To understand the events soon to come to pass, we must look to the past. Understand this, the more days that go by, the more things stay the same. Long ago, the people of Mexico suffered from the deeds of corrupt men and endured the cruelty of the true rulers of the land the cartels. While savagery and brutality swept across the plains and darkened the skies like a cloud of locusts, a small village near the city of Catameco, Mexico, prospered. It remained a tranquil safe haven, untouched by the evils of men. In those days, the villages were weak and vulnerable. They could not defend themselves against the powerful and corrupt men, infected with the sickness of greed. Government and town officials lined their pockets with the sweat and blood of the poor. No justice or protection ever came for the people. Farmers' crops were plundered and destroyed. Workers were kept in constant poverty. Their sons would be taken against their will by the banditos to replenish their numbers. Alas, it was the daughters of Mexico who suffered the most. Many mothers and fathers could only mourn before a single lit candle, for there was not a body to bury for the funeral. They would live their lives never knowing what became of their beloved child. Too many shallow graves sprinkled the countryside with the bones of unnamed girls. Among this violence, all but one village suffered. Those of questionable character and darkness in their hearts would not dare enter the borders of this town, for its people were under the protection of a powerful curandera. Her name was known from afar, and her magic was strong. The evil men knew this to be true, and they would not risk her wrath upon them. This 
ate away at their egos, and soon they began to conspire among themselves. In secret and darkened rooms, they plotted how to be rid of this meddlesome woman. Early one morning, the curandera awoke to the sound of a child's cry. It was not a cry of terror, but a cry of pain. She ran out of her small house to see a boy sitting on the dirt path that ran alongside her home. Next to him was an old bike. Hitched to the rear wheel was a weathered cart, carrying a large wooden box. He sat crying on the ground, clutching both his arm and leg. Even from a distance, she could see the two painful welts upon the boy's skin. The curandera knew precisely what had happened and took a glass jar of salve from her off her shelf. She went out to the boy and warmly said, ¿Qué pasa, mijo? What's the matter, little boy? No answer came from the boy. A little irritated, she asked, ¿Te pica algo? Did something sting you? Fue una hormiga o una avispa? Was it an ant or a wasp? Again, the boy said nothing. The curandera was becoming annoyed. She looked carefully at the boy, who sat silently before her. From the clothes he wore, she knew he was a rich man's son, most likely the child of an elected official or a member of the town's elite. She gently applied the medicine to the two painful stings. The skin was hot and bright red, surrounding a lump the size of a large grape. When she finished, the boy simply turned and jumped on his bike and pedaled away without a word. This angered the curandera and she made a mental note in the very near future someone would need to teach this boy some manners and the importance of respecting his elders. Shortly thereafter, the Corandera went about her day-to-day -day business and forgot about the rude little boy. That night, after, after the Corandera had laid her head down to sleep, she awoke to a loud bang. Her door had been broken down by several large men. They bound her hands and gagged her mouth to prevent any chance she might utter a hex upon them. They took her wand, made out of the sacred hatulco wood, and snapped it in two. They removed her saco de curacion, medicine bag, from around her neck, leaving the poor woman completely defenseless. The men dragged the woman, the woman before the town's clergy, who were the most corrupt of them all, denied any opportunity to defend herself. The curandero was accused of witchcraft and blamed for that year's drought and the poor harvest. They said she was in league with the devil and proclaimed her to be a bruja. They sentenced her to death. The onlookers cheered upon hearing the verdict. She looked across the crowd and mourned at what she saw. The faces she had known for so long. Those faces who came to her when they were sick or needed healing were gone, and their place were hateful and dark eyes, filled with the bloodlust of an angry mob. It always happens this way. You always have one person who's being so nice and kind, and then they get treated like crap. Yeah, but isn't that everyone's story? Yeah, that's why I said it always happens this way. No, I mean like, okay, so you were at the gym today and you felt like that guy treated you like crap because he tried to take something that belonged to you and he was insulting about it. But when he goes home tonight and he's talking to his friends and family, he's going to say there was this mean girl at the gym who treated him like crap just because he wanted to borrow something. I have a really hard time seeing it from his side, but I think what you're overthinking what I was saying. Uh, okay. I just meant like... Not to bring Christianity into it, but it's it's crucifying the Messiah, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so that's what it is. She has a greater responsibility. Uh, She's not just a person at the gym. She's protecting this entire town. She's gotcha. so healing them and the hero servicing they them. Need, not the hero they deserve. Right, exactly. And so she's like, she's giving of herself and like generous and caring and protecting them all. And then they just turn on her like that. 
So it's the Bruja Batman. Yes. Okay. Just so we're clear. Yeah. Okay. She stood on a platform next to a short, thin coffin that stood upright. The crowd shouted and jeered as they grew impatient. She closed her eyes and tried to center herself amongst the shouts of swears and insults. The curandera began to pray. She prayed to the Holy Mother for deliverance. She begged and pleaded to her for protection. She pleaded with all of her might. She begged the Holy Mother with desperation, proclaiming her good deeds done and a righteous life she lived. Only silence greeted the curandera. People suddenly grew quiet, and the Corandera opened her eyes. She saw the crowd separate down the middle and make a path for a little boy. The familiar child rode an old bike and a pulled cart with a box. He dismounted the bike and walked around to the rear, opened the box that sat upon the cart, and carefully removed a large burlap sack. He held the bag at arm's length and quickly brought it and its contents to the clergyman. As the man of God took hold of the sack, the boy looked up at the woman, smiled, and disappeared in the sea of bodies within the mob. Still bound, she was marched relentlessly to the edge of town. All the way, she was beaten and humiliated by the people who followed along. She was brought before a freshly dug grave and shoved hard into the open coffin. She stared up at the men mocking her from above. Just as they were about to seal the coffin shut, the clergyman held up his large hand with the burlap sack. He flung the bag into the coffin, and the men quickly nailed the lid closed. The men picked up the coffin containing the curandera and dropped it into the dark hole. The sound of dirt covering the coffin was loud and thunderous. Okay, this reminds me of like the, the opening scenes of The Mummy. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they bury him with all those beetles, except she doesn't deserve it, and he did, but still. Eh, for killing one man? The king. The pharaoh. Yeah, what makes him so special? Okay. Technically, Egyptians, all. but Egyptians, it obviously wasn't true love, or like she wouldn't have abandoned him when he needed her, but. It doesn't happen um, until movie two. I'm just saying. I'm saying. It obviously wasn't true love. Evelyn and uh, O'Con- O'Connell. Yeah. I always just, I always remember his real name and not the character name. What's his real but name? But anyway, Brandon Fraser. Oh. Yeah, I was watched that movie the other day, and I was watching it with someone, and they were like, why is he not in anything anymore? Because he's such a good actor. But that's not what this podcast is about, I'm sure. Um, you can find out if you Google it. There was a lot of drama. It was bad, bad stuff. Aww. He is a victim. I feel bad for him. That makes me really sad. And I hurt him. I really like Brendan Fraser. Okay, I'll have to look it up later. Okay. Yeah, anyway. The curandera lay terrified in the pitch dark. Just before the light had been extinguished, she saw what had been tossed in there with her. At her feet lay the largest wasp nest she had ever seen. Soon, she felt hundreds of thin legs begin crawling over her body. They angrily explored this dark prison as they searched for the one who dared disturb them. Time slowed as the curandera waited for the first sting to strike her. Once again, she prayed to the Blessed Mother for protection, and still there was only silence. Pain from the first sting exploded over her right cheek. The sharp stinger was stabbed into her flesh. It tore through the skin and went as deep as it could. The wasp contracted its abdomen, slightly pumping venom into its victim. It pulled out its sharp tip and again jabbed the stinger back into her flesh. For wasps can use their stingers more than once. Even if they have exhausted their venom, they will continue to pierce your skin over and over again. 
She screamed in pain as she was stung again and again. The wasp stung her eyes and crawled into her open mouth where they stung her tongue. The insects crawled down her throat and into her ears. Venom filled her blood and her skin turned red as it swelled and burned. The wasp's poison saturated her blood, causing it to thicken and burn. The swelling cut off her breathing and she began to convulse. This angered the little beasts, and they stabbed her more relentlessly. Blood trickled from every puncture. Not a single spot on her body was spared from the wasp's sting. The pain grew. Never did it lessen. She was about to call out to the Virgin Mother, but she stopped herself. Betrayal and abandonment hit her deeply, causing more agony than any wasp could bestow. Anger and hate consumed the woman. She knew what she had to do. She would call out to another deity. This deity would come. She would call out for Santa Morte. Santa Morte, I call unto thee. I'm not going to say this, but she calls out to him. The Curandera. Fair enough. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I understand. The Curandera lay motionless in the darkness, wheezing and gasping for air. The stings upon her skin were stretched until it tore from the swelling. The swarm of insects continued to poke and jab with their long stingers. The buzzing of their wings was deafening. Then suddenly, all was silent. The scraping of long fingernails traveled down the side of the coffin. The Curandera tried to open her eyes, but her face was too bloated. It mattered not. She had not sight as the wasp stingers had penetrated her eyelids and filled her sockets with venom. The scraping stopped, and the Curandera heard the low and ancient voice of a woman speak. What's the matter, my daughter? The crowd had not yet dispersed when the ground began to shake. The men had lingered and were congratulating themselves and laughing when the ground opened up. Black thorns emerged from the soil where the curandera laid, and the dirt blackened with decay. All was still for a moment until a deep and inhuman moan was heard from the sky. It called to its new disciple beneath the ground. The villagers cowered when the low voice boomed from the cracks that spread out from the woman's unholy grave. I curse you. I curse your children. They will taste the venom that now flows in my veins. When I hear a child cry, I will come. I will come for your children. They will feel my sting. I will nest within a home made from their skin. I will use their bones for stirring my brew. I will quench my thirst with their tears. I will dance to a melody made from a symphony of their screams. She let out a final wail of demonic rage until only the sound of wasp wings rising out of the ground could be heard. Three days later, the traitorous boy with the wasp stings by the curandera's home disappeared without a trace. It was fate that brought the two together. He had been tasked with finding a wasp nest. It was by chance that two of the insects escaped and stung the boy by the curandera's home. She had shown him mercy and he had repaid her with rudeness and betrayal. An empty bed was all they found, except for the small pouch hidden underneath his pillow. Within the sack, they found only a piece of a paper wasp's nest, ash, and a lock of hair cut from the boy's head. She still keeps a part of him on her at all times, even to this very day. As time went by, more and more of the children disappeared. Eventually, like the righteous Corandera, the little village died a slow and painful death. The people in that area still speak of the dark Bruja, 
It is told that when the days shorten and the nights grow cold, the children must be especially good and obedient. For if a child is spoiled and shows no respect, the bruja will find you. They say she is dressed all in black and wears a cloak made of wasps. She can fly long distances and climb up walls. She will tap on your window and tempt the child to let her in. Her nails will click and tap on the window pane until the child hears her voice from out of the darkness. So that is the story of La Bruja. She is the one I serve. She is my lady, and I serve her well. I find those children who are spoiled and rotten. I find the ones most deserving of the fate my lady brings. And who am I? Well, that is a story for another time. But I will tell you this. I am neither angel or demon. But I do perform God's will. I bring balance. That is my mandate from the Heavenly Father. The Bruja, she has no mercy. She holds dark and powerful magic fueled by an inexhaustible source of hatred and rage. I direct that rage to those deserving of it. Such hatred and wickedness cannot be allowed to roam free and go unchecked. I ensure the innocent are protected and the wicked are punished. So listen to my words, little boy or little girl. Do what you are told. Honor your mother and father. Be on your best behavior. You don't want to end up like Ricky here, now do you? Take heed, for if you do not, there will come a night when you will hear tapping at your window as the buzzing of a thousand wings fills your ears, and you will hear the low voice of a woman asking, Que te pica, mi hijo? What's the matter, my child? It was a good story. I will say that I don't think rudeness is like the worst thing that a person can do to you um, after you've dead. Like the mass murder, the, the torture. Yeah, but the, like, I would have sought revenge after the child too because I mean, I guess, I guess, but like he's not, he wasn't even like, I don't know though, because I work with kids. And so for me, like, I have kids do rude things to me all the time. And a lot of the kids I work with, like, they're shy or because I work in a younger age group. I work like kindergarten, first grade. And uh, man, like half the time they'll fall down and be crying and not want to tell you what happened and you saw it. But like, I don't know. I had one kid that didn't talk to me for two weeks after school started, you know, like he was too shy. It's not like they're ignoring you. And then they turn around and bring, like, the axe to your beheading. (laughs) I guess, but, like, they say other things, like, you look really awful today. Or, like, the first, so the kid that ignored me for, like, two weeks, uh, the first thing he ever said to me was that I smelled. Okay, but you work with a certain group of kids that are delightful and wonderful, but they're not, like, the average Joe. Oh, my gosh, they are, like, the average Joe. What are you talking about? Kids say... The darndest things, like that whole show, is based on the the, the no filter of what children can do. So I'm not saying like I'm just saying that this child obviously did not recognize the consequences of their actions, and they were trying to please the adult that was in their life. And so I don't feel like they should have been targeted for revenge seeking. I do like the whole like legend and lore of something going to come get you, because like every culture has that, and. The Bruja lady, like, this one This one was good. Like, I liked the story and stuff. I don't think Ricky deserved it, though. Like, all he did was smash a keyboard. Yeah, I mean, I think Ricky's a, a jerk, but it did do the whole, like, thou shalt not suffer a spoiled child to live kind of thing. No, it said it shall not, like, 
suffer spoiled child's cries. And that's the other thing is where oh. do we define <laughs> my bad? <laughs> yes. I guess um, and can live. <laughs> yes. Even spoiled ones. I guess my confusion is where do we draw the line from kid to like preteen adult? Like once they hit the age of twelve, aren't they don't they stop being a kid? They're like a preteen. Thirteen. Okay. Well I mean he was like seventeen or something. So he doesn't well, even count. We don't actually know. You just you just assigned that age we don't know how old he was but frankly so you're saying if they're older than 13 then they can they can die no i'm saying that if they're older than 13 then the bruja shouldn't be after them oh because she specifically said child like she defined her target she went after the adults too Eh, i don't know it just for me that's where i lose it it gets a little confusing because like if she's not going to suffer the child the cries of a spoiled child then once you're a teenager sorry Missed it. I don't know. I know 30-year-olds that seem pretty childish when they act spoiled. Well, dude, I'm not saying that they don't exist. I'm saying that she missed her opportunity because it's not a child. Okay. Like, she can't just be a vigilante for... I mean, I guess she could, but that's not the way it was written. I feel like she I'm can saying. do whatever she wants. I guess. I, I don't understand why you're always wanting to assign rules to these poor people. Because I like structure and rules. Clearly. If I Let follow the rules. Live their little evil lives. Leave them alone. But if, but if I know the rules, God. I know how to avoid it. Are you the hall monitor? Like, you're the horror story hall monitor. <laughs> I'm literally just trying to survive in a world here of scary, creepy things. Okay, well, you'll be a spoiled child and you'll be fine. Well, I'm certainly not going to cry. Okay. Well, I want to wrap up by saying that if you are going through something um, and having a hard time currently, just remember that this too shall pass. You are beautiful. You are smart. You are brilliant. And you're going to make it. It may. Uh, thanks. You're welcome. But I'm sure you meant everybody else too. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody and you. I mean, everybody. Yay. I mean, everybody, too. Also, I want to say thanks for listening, guys, because I know this was a long episode, but thank you for sticking around for it. We're going to try and do a special listener episode at the end of the season. So if you have stories that you'd like us to include, we'll read them out loud in a special episode. Um, they can be fake or they can be real experiences, something creepy and spooky. Just write them in and we'll feature them. You can write it in at Nightmare Lane gmail.com and uh you can also hit us up on instagram oh i'm sorry nightmare lane podcast at gmail.com you can also hit us up on twitter or instagram the same way if you want to send in your stories by dming us you're welcome to and that's it that's all i got all right well till next week and toodaloo yeah stay spooky Hey everybody, I'm Amber. And I'm Maddie. And And we're Witches Talking Tarot. And we've brought you a show all about the occult. We're talking different lores and mythology. Yes, creature features, cryptids, aliens, you name it, we'll cover it. Conspiracy theories. Absolutely. And pagan holidays and 100%. All eight of them. Spiritual living, you name it. That's right. We've got it for you. So if you want, come sit with us for a spell and let us make you laugh. We are witches talking tarot. Thanks, everybody. Mm